January the 7th, 2024, 2 Samuel chapter 2, Civil War. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for your word this morning. You indeed are an awesome God. Grace and peace, my brothers and sisters. My name is RJ and I welcome you to another episode of God is Faithful and Just with all things being relational. Father God, we thank you this morning. Thank you for yet indeed another day, another opportunity to bask in your presence, dear Lord. On this side of eternity, knowing that there is work still for us to do. Father God, we just we extend our hands, our minds, our hearts. We extend our feet unto you. Use us as you will, Father God. Cause us to be a tool, a vessel, an instrument in your hand to your glory, that you might be glorified. We bless you and we look forward this day to our daily bread, that you might be glorified. We pray this in the precious and majestic name of your son, Jesus. Glory, glory, hallelujah. And family, I thank you on today. Thank you for setting in your mind and your heart the will to turn to God and receive this day your daily bread and giving me the opportunity to share this moment with you. Indeed, it's an honor and a privilege. And here on this side in the West, on the East Coast, we are experiencing a, a bit of, well, the Northeast, maybe not the Southeast, right? <laughs> over there where my grandmaster is at you know they probably experiencing a, maybe a little bit of cold but i'm sure a lot of sun we are experiencing a lot of snow and a little bit of rain mixed in, mixed mixed into it which will evidently or eventually freeze right but god is still good and there's a lot going on in our household you know you know still a little under the weather i don't know if it's something new that i got hit with on yesterday at work or if it's still battling the same old um, feelings or um, what do you call those uh, symptoms if you will of what was what had taken place some week ago all right so but nonetheless family we are in the book of second Samuel chapter 2 and and we are at the point in the story where Saul and and two of his sons are now dead killed in war with the Philistines David, now aware of this, knows he has been anointed by God to, to be the next king, has to see how this is played out. Because remember, there were some who were loyal to Saul, as well as Saul also has another son. So Holy Spirit, we ask, lead us, guide us, and govern us as we, as we receive this day our daily bread. Let's go into his word, family. 2 Samuel. Chapter 2, Civil War After this, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said to him, Go up. David said, To which shall I go up? And he said, To Hebron. So David went up there, and his two wives also, Abinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David brought up his men who were with him, everyone with his household, and they lived in the towns of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there 
they anointed David king over the house of Judah. When they told David, it was the men of Jabesh Gilead who buried Saul. David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh Gilead and said to them, May you be blessed by the Lord, because you showed this loyalty to Saul your Lord and buried him. Now may the Lord show steadfast love and, stead and faithfulness to you, and I will do good to you because you have done this thing. Now, therefore, let your hands be strong and be valiant, for Saul your Lord is dead, and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. But Abner, the son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Ish-bosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim, and made him king over Gilead, and the Asherites, and Jezreel, and Ephraim, and Benjamin, and all Israel. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was forty years old when he began to reign over Israel, and he reigned two years. But the house of Judah followed David. And the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Abner, the son of Ner, and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out from Nahanaim to Gibeon. And Joab, the son of Zariah, and the servants of David went out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. And they sat down, the one on the one side of the pool, and the other on the other side of the pool. And Abner said to Joab, Let the young men arise and compete before us. And Joab said, Let them arise. Then they arose and passed over by the number, twelve for Benjamin and Ishbosheth the son of Saul, and twelve of the servants of David. And each caught his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into his opponent's side, so they fell down together. Therefore, that place was called Halkath Hezerim, which is at Gibeon. And the battle was very fierce that day. And Abner and the men of Israel were beaten before the servants of David. And the three sons of Zariah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. Now Asahel was as swift of foot as a wild gazelle. And Asahel pursued Abner and as he went, he turned neither to the right hand nor to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Is it you, Asahil? And he answered, It is I. Abner said to him, Turn aside to your right hand or to your left, and seize one of the young men and take his spoil. But Asahil would not turn aside from him from following him. And Abner said again to Asahil, Turn aside from following me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How then can I lift up my face to your brother Joab? But he refused to turn aside. Therefore, Abner struck him in the stomach with the butt of his spear, and that his spear came out of his back. And he fell there and died where he was. And all who came to the place where Asahel, where Asahel had fallen and died stood still. But Joab and Abishai pursued Abner, and as the sun was going down, they came to the hill of Amah, which lies before Giha, on the way to the wilderness of Gibeon. And the people of Benjamin gathered themselves together behind Abner, and became one group 
and took their stand on the top of a hill. Then Abner called to Joab, Shall the sword devour forever? Do you not know that the end will be bitter? How long will it be before you tell your people to turn from the pursuit of their, of their brothers? And Joab said, As God lives, if you had not spoken, surely the men would not have given up the pursuit of their brothers until the morning. So Joab blew the trumpet, and all the men stopped and pursued Israel no more, nor did they fight any more. And Abner and his men went all that night through the Arabah. They crossed the Jordan, and marching the whole morning, they came to Mahanaim. Joab returned from the pursuit of Abner, and when he had gathered all the people together, they were missing from David's servants, nineteen men besides Asahel. But the servants of David had struck down of Benjamin, three hundred and sixty of Abner's men. And they took up Asahel and buried him in the tomb of his father, which was at Bethlehem. And Joab his men, and his men marched all night, and the day broke upon them at Hebron. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you for your word this morning, Father God. Civil War. Family, let us, there's a lot going on here, so let us give some, some verbiage to, so, so that we can do our best to make sense of, of what was going on or what is going on in this chapter. Abner, first mentioned in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 50, had evidently escaped from the battlefield where Saul had died and he took charge of Israelite affairs in the, in the northern part of the country. Although he himself was a close relative of Saul, he refused to make himself king but tried to rally Israelite support to Saul's surviving son, Ishbosheth. So Ishbosheth became king, in theory, over all Israel, as noted in verse 9, but in reality, just really over a limited area. No doubt, the Philistines were now the real masters of the central area of Israel, especially the tribal regions of Ephraim and Benjamin, seeing as how they were the victors in the war. Now, Ishbosheth's main area of control was east of the River Jordan, called Gilead, and its capital, Mahanaim. Still, Ephraim and Benjamin and some other groups, as we see in verse 9, recognized Ishbosheth as king, despite the realities of the situation. Now, there is no obvious reason why David should have attacked Ishbosheth, so it seems probable that Ishbosheth decided to attack David in order to bring Judah under his control. Ishbosheth's troops were sent to Gibeon, just north of the border of Judah, and David sent his own troops to block their advance. As in 1 Samuel chapter 17, both sides tried to avoid unnecessary bloodshed by using pick champions to settle the issue. Perhaps both sides believed that Yahweh would show his will be given a clear victory to one group of twelve as opposed to the other. However, a real battle followed as we see in verse 17 and verse 30 and 31 give us some idea of the scale of this battle, which turned out only 19 of David's men dead compared to 360 of Abner's men. The chief purpose behind all the details given in this narrative is to introduce 
the reader to Joab. Joab was David's commander-in-chief throughout his long reign and it's clear from verse 28 and 30 that he was already in command. The story explains how it happened that Abner, the Israelite commander, killed one of Joab's brothers, Ashahil. Abner himself obviously had no wish to kill Ashahil, above all because he wanted to avoid a blood feud. And after Ashahil's death, Joab was willing to act sensibly and agreed to a truce, but his own personal feelings remain hidden in this chapter. They will be revealed, however, in the next chapter, chapter 3, verse 27, to be precise. The question here, family, is at this point, who is really in control? Now, what I see taking place is what we talked about a few days ago, and, and that is God's and man's sovereignty. Our choices under the umbrella of God's sovereignty commingled with his foreknowledge ultimately fulfills God's plan for humanity. Father God, we thank you today. We exalt you. We magnify you. We recognize you as God over all and know that without you, nothing is possible. But in you and through you, all things are possible. We know, Father God, that you have a plan and a purpose for us here on this side of eternity and that you and your foreknowledge commingled with our choices will see to it that your word comes to pass. So at this time, Father God, as we come into this story of David being king and, and, and Saul's followers, loyal followers being loyal to the son of, of, of Saul and, and not knowing who should truly rule over all of Israel. We know that in these times that we are here in our current, current season, that there are often times where we do not know which side we should be on, considering as we think about Israel fighting over in the war right now and we here in America and those who uh, who fight against Israel, we know that, yes, indeed, that we are not with those who fight against Israel, but yet, indeed, we here in America and in America seem to be, Father God, not knowing how we should view Israel and the slaughter that they are placing upon those who oppose them at this present time. But we, Father God, we yield to, your, to the Holy Spirit. We yield to your way. We yield to your will. We acknowledge that we are pawns, we are tools, we are ambassadors. We are instruments for your glory. So we ask, Father God, that you give us the wisdom, give us the sincerity, give us the understanding, give us the compassion, give us the heart to know what and how we are to do as we face different circumstances, different situations, whether it be war, whether it be choices at work, whether it be decisions in our home, to know what it is that we should do and how we shall respond so that you may receive the glory. Be glorified today, Father. As we bless you, we praise you. In the mighty and majestic name of your Son, Jesus, we surrender all to you. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Be blessed on today, family. Know that God is with you. And those of you who are soon to be family, know that 
These words may not be clear to your mind or to your heart at this present time because of sin. Sin has blinded us all at some point in our lives. But know that God is tugging at your heart right now. Know that God has made it possible that if you confess your sins to Him and confess Jesus as Lord, as Savior, your sins will be forgiven and you shall be saved. If out of your mouth you call upon the name of Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead to pay the penalty, the price for your sin, yes, you shall be saved. Your eyes shall be opened. Your ears shall hear. You shall taste and see that the Lord our God, He is good and He is worthy to be praised. Call upon the name of Jesus as Lord. We welcome you as family, as son, as daughter of the living God, as brother and sister. We bless you and we look forward to hearing from you again on tomorrow. Grace and peace, family. We love you. Indeed we do.